You know, there's nothing more personal than someone's failures. There's nothing more personal than someone knowing the worst about you. I think maybe the next step below that is someone knowing the worst about you and using it against you. That's what shaming is. Shaming is when someone uh, says or does something to absolutely humiliate another person. To humiliate them uh, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. Sometimes even doing something that will uh, destroy their reputation or even their career. Shaming is not new. It's something that uh, people have been doing for a long time. It's a relatively new term, though. Uh, There are different kinds of shaming. Uh, For instance, we all might be familiar, especially now, with mask shaming. That's where someone who is wearing a mask shames someone for not wearing a mask or maybe not wearing it the right way. Or if someone is not wearing a mask, they would obviously shame someone who is. There's body shaming, people making really rude or condescending comments about uh, the general nature of someone else's physical appearance or something about it. There is political shaming. It sounds like this. You voted for the president? Are you a racist idiot? Or maybe on the other side, it sounds like this. You're a Democrat? How can you possibly believe that liberal junk? That's what political shaming sounds like. Then there's like shaming. That's where someone is looking on social media and likes someone else's post. You know, the thumbs up sign. And when they find out that that person liked a post that they didn't like, I I saw that you liked that post. I had absolutely no idea that you were that out of touch. Do you know when you did that, you offended me? That's what shaming sounds like. And there are a whole bunch of other categories. As I I said, it's nothing new. It's simply a contemporary term for what people have always done to other people. They gossip about them. They lie about them. They're mean or rude or say condescending things just to maybe make themselves feel better or quite possibly manipulate someone else into doing something that they want. There's nothing new about this at all. In our current message series, Making It Personal, we're looking at the intentional things that we can do to help people find and follow Jesus. And today, we're probably going to talk about the most challenging aspect of making it personal. That's Replacing someone's shame with hope. Giving people hope is actually a lot harder than you might think. Too many people believe that hope is a really good thing, but it's not for them. They believe in hope for somebody else, but not necessarily for themselves. They might think that um, they can't have hope because God doesn't like them. God won't forgive them for something that they did. If something bad happens in their life, they might think that God is getting back at them for the bad thing that they did, even if it was years, decades ago. That's why it's so hard sometimes to replace someone's shame 
with hope. To demonstrate how Jesus made it personal, we're looking at the story uh, of a man that Jesus met. His name was Zacchaeus. Uh, we've seen Jesus uh, identify him. We've seen Jesus come to understand what was important to him. And, and next week, we're going to see Jesus uh, really demonstrate how Zacchaeus can do good things. But today, we're going to look at what Jesus does when he replaces Zacchaeus' shame with hope. I'm going to read the story of Zacchaeus again. And this time when I read it, I, I want you to listen to people shaming Zacchaeus. I want you to hear Zacchaeus talk about his guilt. And I want you to see what Jesus does with all of that. Luke chapter 19, starting with the first verse. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man named Zacchaeus lived there. He was a chief tax collector and was very rich. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. But he was a short man. He couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree. He wanted to see Jesus who was coming that way. Jesus reached the spot where Zacchaeus was. He looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this. They began to whisper among themselves. There's the shaming. They said, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up. He said, look, Lord, here and now I give half of what I own to those who are poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back. I'll pay back four times the amount I took. Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to your house. You are a member of Abraham's family line. The Son of Man came to look for the lost and save them. You see, Zacchaeus wasn't just a thief. He was a political thief. He was the worst part of political and financial corruption, the embodiment even of it. Uh, instead of condemning and uh, stopping Zacchaeus for what he was doing, the local authorities uh, supported it. But that really wasn't the problem with what we just read. The problem wasn't what that, is that Zacchaeus was cheating everybody. They already knew that. That wasn't the, the issue. The issue is, what was Jesus doing with Zacchaeus? That was the problem. Someone like Zacchaeus isn't supposed to hang around someone like Jesus. Jesus, he's a church guy. He's a God guy. Zacchaeus is not a church guy. He's not a God guy. At least that's what the people around him are saying. And so I guess that might make you or I ask some questions. After all, what is a God guy? What's a, what's a church guy? I wonder if uh, you're a God guy, if you're allowed to hang around someone who's not a God guy. Or if you're not a God guy, if you're allowed to uh, not hang around someone who is. Once you're a God person, if someone uh, shames you because you're hanging around someone who's not a God person, or if you're not a God person, if someone shames you 
because you are around God people. What's that all about? Can you ever become a God person once you've been shamed into believing that you're not? Who makes that decision? Who decides that anyway? If you're tired of the shaming, or you know someone who is, you know, asking for a friend, uh, here's a couple of things that I want to maybe bring to your attention that we just saw in the story of Zacchaeus. Because some of the power in uh, shaming is in the unspeakable nature of the offense. You know, you just can't talk about it. Naming what the issue is begins to take away that power. You and I need to identify the source of that shame. Call it out. Name it. Did you see what Zacchaeus did? Did you hear what he said? Uh, he talks about something that Jesus didn't even mention. Jesus just said, get out of the tree. It was Zacchaeus who brought up the money. Jesus didn't do anything. He didn't walk on water. He didn't heal somebody who was blind. He didn't do anything. All he did was just talk to Zacchaeus. There's some significance there. When you care about someone and you uh, begin to understand what matters to them, they actually might begin to open up more about who they are and what their burdens happen to be. Uh, Jesus just simply acknowledged Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus took advantage of the opportunity. He had been waiting for an opportunity, a chance to get rid of his shame for a long time. I want to give you an opportunity maybe to do the same thing, a chance to maybe get rid of the shame. I, I want to give you an opportunity to name it. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we have a special text-only number that we've set up that number is 508-964-3517. 508-964-3517. I want to encourage you uh, to just text whatever it is that you're ashamed of. It's completely anonymous. No one will know where it's coming from. Only God knows. He knows it anyway. This is about letting go of the power that that thing has over you, that moment, that incident, that horrible experience. It's about letting go of all of that. You can get on your phone right now and you can text that. And when you do, we're going to be praying about those things. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever is going on, we're going to pray about it. It's anonymous. Just one word, that's all. Something that you did that you think God can never forgive you for porn, an affair, a really bad lie, addiction, or theft, anything. You can write that down. Maybe it's not something that you did. Maybe it's something that someone did to you, and you think it's unspeakable, and God can't really be close to you, or you can't be close to God because of it. Abuse, foreclosure, divorce, Anything like that. It's time to name it. It's time to take that power away. This is all anonymous. It's about saying that thing. It's Voldemort. 
It's really just like that. Zacchaeus says it. Did you hear him? If I've cheated anyone, it's about the money. It's about his greed. In this story, after Zacchaeus says that, the whispering stops. And the only one who's talking now is Jesus. I want you to name it so that the whispering will stop. And the only one who will talk to you is Jesus. Having broken the power of that shame, you're now able to live without it. it that really is important because living with shame is a choice that you and I make. And I'm suggesting that you choose to live without it. Choose not to. Shame can be placed upon you, but that doesn't mean that you've got to keep it. Not at all. Zacchaeus calls out his own greed and his own dishonesty. Uh, and after he makes his announcement, Jesus makes his own. Salvation has now come to this house. Zacchaeus went with Jesus and he welcomed him. Zacchaeus went with Jesus maybe because for the first time, instead of uh, feeling ashamed and listening to the whispers as he walks by in the streets, now he has hope. Replacing someone's shame with hope means, means that they are worth forgiving. Everyone needs to know that they are not the sum of their worst events in life. Everyone needs to know that. That's why it's so important to give them hope and replace their shame with it. Why would someone choose to live with shame when they don't have to? You'd think that the decision would really be uh, simple. It's an obvious one, but it's actually not that simple. As I said before, it, it can be difficult. Um, uh, People sometimes have a really hard time when you start talking about God because they just don't think that God likes them. They don't think that God loves them. They've done too much. They've, they've done things that God can't possibly like, and because God can't like them, he can't possibly forgive them. The hope that you're giving them is letting them know that God loves them, and God wants to forgive them. That's the hope that you're giving them. Zacchaeus was able to let go of his shame because of the hope that Jesus gave them. You can let go of your shame because of the hope that Jesus can give you. Your friend, the person that you know, the person that you're talking to, they can have hope. They can let go of their shame because of what Jesus is giving to them. Zacchaeus was able to let go of his shame. He learned there's a huge difference between guilt and shame. This really is important. Shame affects your identity. Guilt is talking about your activity. Shame is directly connected to your identity. Guilt really is only associated with the things that you do. Shame says... You are stupid. Guilt 
Well, guilt just says what you did was stupid. Satan focuses on your shame and condemns you. God focuses on your guilt, but he offers to forgive you. Satan says, I know who you are. God says, I know what you did. Satan says, this is who you are now. God says, that is what you did then. Who do you want to be now? You don't have to be who you were. You can be who I meant for you to be. I've been watching you forever. I know who you are. I know what you care about. I know the things that matter to you. And I know that you can make the good choices that you need to make and you can live a life that you want to live, a life that pleases God. That is worth listening to. The only one who gets to decide who a God guy is, is God. The only one who gets to say you're forgiven is God. And if God says you belong to him, you belong to him. If God says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. No more shame. God loves you and loved you before you did what you did. He, loves, he loved you while you were doing what you were doing. And he loves you right now. He calls you and he calls me by name. He knows the things that matter to you and me. The love of God, it dissolves our shame. The love of God is what makes it possible for you and I to be forgiven. Do you want to know what that's all about? I encourage you, text that number, get rid of your shame, and then contact us. Let us know how we can help you with the hope of Jesus, how your sin can be forgiven, and how you can begin to walk with God. God, thank you so much for taking away our shame. Thank you so much for giving us hope through Jesus. It's because of him that we can even pray to you right now. It's because of him that we're able to stand again, to look upward, to thank you, to ask you for help. God, I pray that you would help people. I pray that you would help us to help people find Jesus and follow him so that they can have hope, so that they can finally live a life of joy and peace. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.